Amen. Let's lift up our hands. Give God praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you today. We love you today. Thank you for your great power. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But we are certainly honored to be with you again today. Amen. My goodness, if y'all got people out, what do y'all do when they're here? Amen. This place is full today. And I'm going to tell you, I can't hardly stand up here without weeping to think about what God is doing in Hot Springs. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When a man and a woman comes with a burden, amen, and rolls their sleeves up and works in the work of God, look what can happen. Amen. Brother Motes and I have something in common, the same prayer warrior, the same prayer warrior that had a vision for Guy, had a vision for Hot Springs. Her name was Sister Agnes Holmes, and I certainly, certainly give honor to her memory today, such a influence in in my life, thankful for my pastor today. If there is any solidness in me, it's because a preacher put his hands on me as a young man and preached to me and preached this word of God into my heart. I, I wonder, are you thankful for your pastor today? Thankful for a man of God that not only preach to you, but spends hours in this church praying for you. And you ought to thank God every day for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give honor to my good wife. Love her very much. Here in September, we're going to celebrate 40 years. Amen. Amen. I don't... I don't know how she's done it, but she did it. Put up with me for 40 years. Amen. Good woman. Amen. I feel the Lord in this place today. Thank you, whoever organized the music for the songs you picked today because it definitely was a witness that I'm in the will of the Lord and what I'm going to preach and so I just want to, I just want to, if you don't mind, I want to preach like I'm in God today because I want to help somebody. <laughs> Definitely. I, I couldn't impress you if I wanted to, so I won't try to do that, but I will try to obey the Lord. If you've got your Bibles or you want to read it on the screen, Psalm 75, going to be reading from verse... Eight. <clears throat> For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture. 
and he poureth out of the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. The dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. I want to talk to you from this title today, and that is simply drinking the good from the cup of life. Drinking the good from the cup of life. One more time before you're seated, would you lift up your hands and help me touch God today. In the name of Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Oh, God, I need your help today. Oh, I humbly ask you to help me to deliver this today. God, I need you so bad. You're my help. You're my strength. You're my source. Oh, God, touch this church today. Strengthen this church today. Encourage somebody in this place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God bless you. You can be seated. Famine had come to God's people. God used a young man by the name of Joseph to preserve the lives of his father and his brethren. You read the story of Joseph. Joseph was taken from the house of Jacob and he was taken and, and uh, put in a pit by his brothers and, and he was sold to a band of Ishlamites and then was, ended up in Potiphar's house. Joseph was falsely accused. He was placed in a prison when he had done no wrong and ended up being next to Pharaoh in authority. Sometimes it's hard to see the good that God is pouring out of the cup. Amen. Sometimes it's hard. The Bible said, man born of woman is few days and full of trouble. And so in the midst of that trouble, sometimes it's hard to see the good, but I promise you today, and I come to tell somebody today that, that might be in the midst of a storm, God knows what he's doing. And God knows exactly where you're at, and God understands the circumstance that you're dealing with. In Romans, the eighth chapter, the 28th verse, a scripture we're all familiar with, says that we know that all things work together for the good them that love the Lord. I don't know about you, but I have, I have found that to be true. Amen. I'm telling you, God, God knows what he's doing. He sees the beginning to the end. And all things work together for them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. Amen. If you've got the Holy Ghost today, God called you for a purpose. And it's important that we fulfill the purpose that God has called us for. But God saw the famine that Jacob and his sons couldn't see. 
God allowed Joseph to endure trials that he no doubt he didn't understand. Why? Because God was making a way for his people to be blessed and to be preserved. And you say, man, that's a, that's a strange way of doing it with God's ways. They're not our ways. Amen. He was looking at the whole picture of life. He was looking at the whole future of Israel. But no doubt through the experience of Joseph's trials, he gained a lot of wisdom. He gained a lot of understanding. He gained some wisdom while he was in prison. Amen. He gained some understanding while he was in the pit, no doubt. But by his sensitivity to the dream, God showed Joseph when it was time and he was in that position he remembered that dream as a young man, and he said, you know what? I, I better start storing up corn. If I remember that dream right, there was a famine, and so I'm going I'm to do what's wise, and I'm going to use my position, and I'm going to get ready for it. Amen. And he begins to store up corn. Many times, God is secretly working behind the scenes and we can't even see what's happening. Man, we're in the midst of this raging storm and trial and we don't see the end and it looks like it's fixing to destroy us and the whole thing is set for your good. The whole thing is positioned for your good. Amen, amen. Let me just tell you today, don't allow circumstances to regulate your faith. Amen. Have, it, have faith in God no matter what you're going through. God's our only hope. Amen. He's the only thing solid in this world. He's the only thing you can really put an anchor to. Brother, I'm going to tell you, you can put your anchor in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep believing. I want to encourage somebody. Keep believing. It just keeps coming to me. Keep believing about that lingering situation that you're going through. Everything's going to be all right. The end's going to turn out well. Quit letting it torment you. Tell the devil he's a liar, that God's on your side, that God's not going to put anything on you that you cannot bear. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel like telling somebody today, your miracle's closer than you think. I said, it's closer than you think. That, that prayer that you've been praying, it's closer than you think to be an answer. God's hearing you every time you pray. Hallelujah. That healing that you need, God's still got the power and God wants to heal you. Oh, I, I'm telling you, this week, this week we had a, a great miracle in God. Amen. Seems like God has, has let us enter into a, a revival. We really don't have a special preacher, but even in our branch works, people are getting the Holy Ghost. And they're the church at Guy. We're praying people through. And, and we prayed through a man about a, oh, about, about a month ago. His name is Brother Tom. And uh, Brother Tom's probably in his mid to late 60s. And when he come, he, uh, he had cancer 
in five different places of his body. And I heard that and I thought, oh man, hey, hey, you know, you know what you think when you hear the word cancer, there's an automatic fear. And this man was in pretty bad shape, five places in his body. Amen. But you know, he got the Holy Ghost and he's been coming to church and I was up preaching the other night, Brother Motes, and I had to stop and wait for Brother Tom to quit shouting. He was back in the back of the church just a-bucking and, and shouting, excited about the Word of God. Oh, I got, I got to hurry, but I got the report this week. Amen. And Brother Tom was over at, at Life Change at Conway, and, and I had him to stand and testify he said, I just want to tell this church that I went to the doctor this week and they said there's not a, ca- a trace of cancer in my body. God has totally healed, Brother Tom. Brother, I'm telling you, your miracle is closer than what you think. Quit letting the devil torment you. Amen, amen. What you're facing is just part of the cup of life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, you needing a financial miracle, God's got it. I said God's got it. God can use a reprobate to meet your financial need. God let an unbeliever take care of you. I've told it a million times all over Pentecost. Amen, but I'm telling you, God used a little sinner woman in Nashville, Tennessee, to take care of Sister Blakely and I and the church at Guy for three and a half years when we first started. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thought about, man, I'm getting sidetracked already, Brother Motes, but a young man in our church that grew up on our pews and from a small little bitty boy, amen, he, 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 he come to us not too long ago and said, man, I'm... We want to buy a house, and it was in a real nice neighborhood, and, and man, we encouraged him to do it. Got a good job and doing good. He bought that house, and he come to us. He said, I, I've decided I want to find a piece of property, and I want to build a house. And he said, well, man, do what you feel. And, and uh, so he sold that house and made $100,000 off of that house. Amen. So he went and found a piece of property, and, and, and he, he bought this piece of property. It just kind of fell out of the sky, and he got a real good deal on it. Amen. And he had that property just a short time, and he was going to build a house, and he decided, you know, I don't think this is where it's at. I think I'm going to look for another piece of property. And he sold that property and made over $100,000 on it. <laughs> why, why are you telling that? I'm just telling you God's hands are not tied. He, he let things just kind of fall out of the sky. If you're living right and doing right and you're looking for the good in the cup. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. According to the circumstances, it looked like Jacob's sons were at the end. It looked like they had no hope. But while they were standing in front of Joseph, they didn't realize that they were closer than they ever dreamed to having plenty of corn for the rest of their life. Amen. As they stood there, fragile and broken and feeling like, what's going to happen to our families? Are we going to starve? 
They didn't realize they were standing before the very one that they put in the pit. They didn't realize they were standing before the very one that would just automatically have compassion towards their brother and father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You read the story, Joseph begins to reveal himself to his brethren and Pharaoh finds out about it. And then you read in Genesis 45 and 18, the Bible says, and take your father and your households and come unto me and I will give you the good. Everybody say good. I will give you the good of the land of Egypt and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Amen. I'm going to tell you when God blesses you, there ain't no devil in hell can stop it. When God opens up his, amen. I said when God opens up his big windows in heaven, there ain't nothing can stop it. Hallelujah. You know what, boy, I feel this. God can put a good Pharaoh in your life. Most time you read about Pharaoh, he was a wicked man, a wicked king. But, but God allowed a good Pharaoh to come to Joseph's life and to the children of Israel's life. And he provided for them. Psalm 75 and 8 says, For in the hand of the Lord, this is my text, there is a cup and the wine is red and it is full of mixture and he poureth out of the same. And I want you to notice this. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. I want to tell you today, God's got his hand on this cup of life. And God's cup, the scripture said, it's full of mixture. Meaning that sometimes, sometimes in life we, we face misfortune. Sometimes we, we have opportunities, we have blessings, but life has a way of bidding us some misfortunes. And I, I just want to tell somebody today, if you're suffering some misfortune right at, right at the time, amen, don't, don't let it allow you to become bitter and hard, but allow it to drive you to your knees in prayer. Allow it to give you a stronger relationship with God. Let it make you a better person. Amen. I said, let it make you a better person. Amen. You know, sometimes we suffer things we don't understand. Well, why did this happen to me? I'll tell you why. Because there's a mixture in life. There's a mixture. Amen. But notice what he said. He said the red wine being poured out of that cup of life representing the, the good content of the fruit, of the fruit of the vine. He said, but there is a mixture, talking about the dregs, the sediments, the sludge, the, the eleven, the pieces of grape skin, the pieces of wood, from the vine, that's what the dregs were. It was the, it was the sediments that settled to the bottom. Do you know what you have to do in life? You have to learn to separate the dregs from the good in life. 
Amen. The dregs are always going to be there. But let me give you some good news today. You don't have to drink from them. You don't have to drink from them. The Bible said, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink from them. Brother, this is not a picture of sin. People drinking from the sediments of, of life and, and having no real happiness, having no real peace of mind, having no real hope. Amen. And they're trying to find it in the, in the dregs when all the time they could be drinking from the fruit and the goodness of God. Proverbs 13 and 2, the Bible said, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Proverbs 13 and 15, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. Well, I feel like talking to somebody today. If you're here today and you just hadn't been totally convinced about this apostolic way, amen, let me help you today. Amen. It's a lot more comfortable eating off of the goodness of God and the, the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. The, dr the dregs of this, of this world and the dregs of, the, of life, amen, they're, they're uncomfortable going down. They're hard to swallow. They bring a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble to your life. God speaking to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6 and 18 says, thou, And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. Within the mixture, people strain the things that are difficult to swallow. It's sad, it's sad. We, we watch people and we, we come into the church and our eyes is open and we get the revelation and yet there's people that, that comes in and sits among us and they just never get the revelation and they're still eating from the skins and the, and the pieces of wood and the sediment that settled to the bottom. Well, I want to tell you, that's not the will of God. It, it, it's the will of God for you to eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, it's, when it comes down to it, at some point, Brother Moats, we've got to learn to separate the mixture. We've got to learn to separate the dregs from the fruit of the vine. We've got, we've got to learn to separate Amen, those things that would be hard to swallow and cause us agony and heartache in our life, amen, from the good things. And you know what? The word of God defines those good things. Your man of God, when he gets up on Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whenever y'all have church, and he begins to preach to you and he says, hey, don't touch that. Don't, don't touch that. You know why he's telling? Because it's a drag. It'll choke you. It'll be hard to swallow. 
It's going to cause hardship in your life. Amen. It's going to cause you trouble. Way of a transgressor's heart. Amen. And he sometimes he'll even set a standard to try to keep you from, from, from going off the edge. You know what a standard is? A standard is kind of like a bridge out sign. Amen. I don't understand people that, that don't trust the pastor enough that when he prays and he comes up here and spends hours in this church praying and he feels like, you know what, this is not safe for the congregation and he walks to the pulpit and says, come on church, there's danger here. The bridge is out here. You go past this point and there's going to be danger. I, I don't understand people who said, bless God, you ain't going to tell me what to do. Hallelujah. No, he can't tell you what to do. And he sure can't keep you from crashing. He can't keep you from hurting yourself. Brother, I'm going to tell you what, when you've got a pastor that prays and he's man enough to stand up and look you eyeball to eyeball and say, this is not safe. Whether you understand it or whether you don't understand it, you ought to trust him and say, God's put him on a higher position than he's put me. And so I'm going to be obedient to it and I'm going to listen to it. You know, when it comes down to it, it's up to you. You have a choice whether you'll separate the dregs from the good. Hey, man, you know, it's amazing. All of us are born. And have y'all figured out, even though you get the Holy Ghost, that you have to keep this flesh mortified. You've got to keep this flesh dead or that old sinful nature will resurrect in all of us. Amen. And there's something about it when we're not praying right and we allow ourselves to lean towards carnality. Well, carnality has a way of deceiving us and making sin look good. Carnality has a way of, of making the dregs look appetizing. Carnality has a way of making sin look sensible. Carnality has a way of making divorce look glamorous. Carnality has a way of, of making drugs look appealing. But I'm telling you, they're, they're drags. They'll cause you hardship. You don't want a divorce. Hey Amen. There's nothing but, but heartache and sorrow. Not only for you, but for everybody connected to your life. Well, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen. You need to think about, you thinking about leaving your companion? Boy, you need, you, need to, you need to get out and get a good praying through. You need to come to this man and say, hey, I'm not thinking right. My Lord, my Lord. Man, you need to stop and think how your children's going to suffer. Well, you know what I do at home, don't you? I have those that have went through divorces. I know people have made mistakes and, and some they couldn't help it. Amen. You know what? They, they're the ones on their feet saying, tell them, preacher. Tell them. Tell them not to go through what I went through. 
not to experience what I experienced. Oh, God. Man, I'm going to tell you, we got a choice about some things. And you got a choice whether you swallow the dregs or whether you separate the mixture. Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. I want to ask you a question today. Hot Springs, what are you after? Amen, what are you after? Are you after the dregs? Are you after the, the fruit of the vine? Are you after the good things of God? I trust by what I was feeling in prayer meeting while ago that y'all are after the good things. Amen, but lest there be someone here today that the dregs are still looking appealing to you let me preach to you today and tell you that the way of a transgressor is hard you're cheating yourself by not just getting 100% in the church this is the best life on the face of the earth there's nothing to compare to this You know, when we choose to slack up on praying, amen, and we get to thinking a little different, and automatically our old flesh starts gravitating back to that old man and the dregs and the skin and, amen, and the wood from the vine begins to look appealing again. Sixth verse says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. They're singing that song while ago about Jesus being life. Man, I'm telling you what, there's happiness serving God. When you're serving God right, you can get up every morning looking forward to seeing the sunshine again. When you're serving God and seeking for the goodness in his cup, you don't have to dread life. Hallelujah. Scripture said in the seventh verse, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are after, they that are in the flesh cannot Please, God, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. First of all, first of all, if, you, if, you're, gonna, if you're gonna do this right, you gotta get the Holy Ghost. Yeah. If there's somebody here today without the Holy Ghost, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost before we leave this place. You don't have to swallow another drag. You don't have to swallow any more sediment. Amen. May God will give you the fruit of his spirit. Hallelujah. That life and peace that comes with it. Hallelujah. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead 
because of sin. But the spirit is life. Why? Because of righteousness. Because you're reaching for that, that good in the cup. You're, you're reaching for the goodness that God has. Oh yeah, there's a mixture, but we got a choice. Thank God we, we can reach for the good or we can settle for the settlement. I'm closing. When Israel, they crossed over the gardens of Canaan, Joshua said this, in Joshua 1 and 6, you can stand together. He said, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it. Now notice this is a great secret in finding the good. He said, notice this, he said to observe, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee not to turn from it to the right or to the left that thou mayest Prosper. Everybody say prosper. Now I'm not talking about just dollars and cents. There's a lot of ways you can prosper in the kingdom of God. Brother, you can prosper in your marriage. You can prosper in your, in your relationship with your children. You can prosper, amen, with your friends and loved ones. You can prosper in your health. If God will put his hand on you. Whithersoever thou goest, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I wonder today, is anybody here that's tired of feeding off the sediment? Is anybody here tired of trying to swallow little bits of wood and little pieces of great skin? Is anybody here tired of swallowing the leaven? And you're ready for a change? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I want to tell you, at this altar today, things can turn completely around for you. At this altar today, one touch of the Holy Ghost on your life will make all the difference in the world. Lift up your hands and love the Lord. Come on, will you choose the good life? Will you choose the fruit? Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah.
come on. Come on, please pray today. God wants to put some happiness back into your life. God wants to put an anchor back into your life.